You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Oz Network as we move through our Nip Tuck rewatch and recap series. We are into the finale of season two. This episode is entitled Joan Rivers. It first aired on the 5th of October 2004. It was directed by Ryan Murphy and written by Ryan Murphy. And what an episode we've got for you here. This is going to be so much fun to talk about. I'm so excited for this. My name is Ben, and my body is dropping so fast, my gynecologist needs a hard hat. And I'm Nick, and you lubricate acid. If I stuck my dick in you, it would sizzle off. <laughs> not the first person to tell me that. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I talked a lot about it at the end of last episode about... Uh, how I'm looking forward to this. I think this is one of the greatest episodes of TV in history. I'm just putting it out there. It's a big call, probably an outlandish call, but I don't give a shit. I agree with myself. That's all that matters. Um, I remember watching this episode for the very first time when it was on TV and just like my mouth was just like, holy fuck, particularly with one big, big twist that we get in this episode. You thought the twist of Ava having sex with the sun was a big twist. I think this one, I just nowhere did I see this coming. Absolutely none. I don't think really there was any inkling that this was the the storyline, and I think it's just one of the biggest, most well-crafted twists in TV history. We're going to get to that. Nick, uh, I, I know you kind of mentioned a little bit about it at the end of last episode. I mean, any kind of thoughts before we get into this? Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's a good episode in that I think it both perfectly kind of ties all the loose ends from this season and also kind of sets us up for next season, which I think, you know, it's not something that I think a lot of shows do all that well. I think, you know, you kind of have these story arcs and they kind of, you know, most big seasons like this, they'll finish and they'll either close it off, you know, like finish and answer all the questions or they'll set you up with a cliffhanger, which is going to drive you forward to the next episode. Um, It's pretty rare to do both at the same time. And this one manages to do it. It manages to balance all the needs of, you know, finishing off those storylines, but also getting us excited for what's going to come next. So it, it's pretty masterful, really. And I, yeah, I agree with everything. And I think what this this episode does so well, kind of going on what you were saying there, is like, I mean, we've had such a season long arc in terms of the Ava stuff that we just get wrapped up so neatly. As you were saying, we set up next season with how we've got a cliffhanger. We get random comedy thrown in there with Joan Rivers. We get a random appearance from a villain from last season somehow. It just, I mean, on paper, this episode should just be so all over the place that it's just too loaded with shit. But it's just, it's done in a way that it's just, it's, I, I literally watch this episode. And not once did I even think, oh, fuck, when's this episode over? And I was like, I think at one point I looked at the timestamp and it was like four minutes to go of the episode. I'm like, holy shit, that just went by that. And this is like a 53-minute episode. So this is a longer episode than most episodes this season. Um, and again, as I think I said, um, uh, you know, just then, I, I remember watching this, like, when it was on, aired on TV here. And I was just like, holy crap. So, yeah. And one, one thing I want to say is I did a bit of research in terms of looking up... Um, the Emmy uh, nominations this year for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama. Now, uh, I noticed that Jill Clayburgh, who played Bobby Broderick earlier on this season, got a nod for her portrayal of Bobby Broderick, uh, didn't win it. The winner of Best Actress for Guest Actress in a Drama that year was uh, Amanda Plummer for Law & Order SVU. Wouldn't have a clue. Don't watch the show. How Famke Jansen did not get nominated is is astounding. Like I just like this episode alone should have been sent in to the uh, the Emmy voters to see this because like just her acting is so underrated. I I don't know what kind of Famke Jansen's general uh, reception is out there outside of you know her Golden Eyes and X Men's and Taken roles, 
But like, I mean, you just, I just don't understand how she didn't even get a nomination for this. Uh, I mean, I, I, you probably think I'm just being completely biased because I'm so in love with this woman. But I mean, you can't not say that she, particularly this episode alone, doesn't just own every scene that she is in. Well, like you said, I was about to make a joke about. Um, I didn't even know that was an Emmy, an, an Emmy, an Emmy. You said, I. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know that guest actress was an Emmy. Um, but um, I, I'd be interested to know what the criteria around that is. Like, is it you know more, less than three episodes, or what? Like, maybe she didn't qualify. You know, it just seems yeah. Because I totally, I totally agree. It seems pretty weird that you would go with you know. I could say if they maybe just didn't like the show because you know there's certain shows that I don't think have been um, recognised as well as they probably should have for things like Emmys. Um, and maybe if they just might nip tuck, then you could understand that. But they obviously liked it enough to give, you know, and nothing wrong with the Bobby Broderick part, but it, yeah, definitely it just pales in comparison to, to the Ava part. I think that came down to, because uh, as we talked about Jill Clayburgh when she was on, that she was, what, an Academy Award nominee or an Academy Award winner or something along those lines. So I, th- I think my, my, I don't know the criteria, because kind of what I'm reading here, it's just who served as a guest capacity on a season. It doesn't say whether or not there's a limit to episodes or anything on those lines but my kind of thing with this award over the years has been that it's generally always given to like a very well-known actor or actress who has been in a show and kind of it almost seems like deliberate award bait for anybody who wants to win you know this award i mean you look at some of the nominees in this category you know even recently uh you know uh allison janney won this award a few years ago um for just a role in masters of sex uh but you look at people like diana rigg uh you know obviously for game of thrones i thought she was a star i didn't realize she was guest capacity you know jane fonda look at the big names here that are just in these roles you know julia Stiles, sissy spasek you know it just kind of seems like a, a complete award bait for this but um yeah, it's interesting with the guest capacity of Nip Tuck because uh, Sharon Gless, who plays Colleen in a few seasons, she also was nominated for a guest role uh, in that. And I, I haven't got the the male one open. I've only got the female one open here. But um, yeah, it just I just it, it amazes me that you know Bobby Broderick over fa- uh, Ava. Come on, get stuffed. Anyway, that's my rant. I, I did my research this time, Nick. I was proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, well done, well done. I'm impressed. But we, I mean, even Joan Rivers, I'm surprised Joan Rivers didn't get nominated. I mean, here we go, straight away, Joan Rivers. I mean, you know the episode's called Joan Rivers. One thing that you got to give this credit for, too, is the fact that, as Joan Rivers, I think, says in this episode, I was the person who made plastic surgery sort of mainstream. And, you know, sadly, we've lost Joan Rivers a few years ago, but... I mean, this woman just owns these scenes as well, and it's kind of, it's just a nice little fun nod to the the plastic surgery, you know, genre. And it's kind of like how we had the Michael Jackson reference last season, you know, with the Michael Jackson impersonator. So props to Joan Rivers for coming on here and basically taking the piss out of herself. And obviously she's there because, you know, she doesn't want to go to New York or LA to get surgery because that's where everyone will talk about. And she wants to basically get all her plastic surgery reversed to be completely natural, to make a big thing out of it. She wants to get the publicity, and you can tell Christian loves this straight away because he signs the non-disclosure agreement straight away you know thinking of all the talk shows oprah you know all these sort of things that they're going to do um and can i just say joan rivers pretty decent actress as well she actually um you know she can act pretty well so i mean there's not a whole lot really to say here on joan rivers in this scene except for what i'm just saying but you know for such a deep heavy episode to have this kind of comedy in it it's i I love it i love joan rivers so i think this is great 
Yeah, and I think she fits into this role. Like you say, it's kind of a whole plastic surgery thing. It kind of, you know, she, some some of these kind of guest actors actors that always don't fit in, um, but she totally does. You know, it just feels really natural. Um, and I think you know the little storyline they have with her about you know she wants to be de-aged. I think it, it's quite cool. Um, and you know, it's actually really sad, kind of watching this and realizing that yeah, she has she has died now. You know, it's um one of those things that you know the last time I watched this probably or no maybe not the last time, but you know it doesn't feel like that long ago that that actually happened um um and yeah it is actually quite sad to go back and, and think that yeah now she she's now dead it's um yeah one of those kind of jarring moments i guess and um i will say actually when she keeps talking about her grandson cooper that's real she did have a, she does have a grandson called cooper i've just looked it up here so um you know that wasn't one of these fake sort of uh names that put you know like when you watch space jam i don't know if this was just me but i always assumed that uh in that movie michael jordan's wife and kids were really his wife and kids you know i, I never assumed that that would be an actress playing his wife and you know actor kids playing his kids so it's kind of just one of these weird little things that she really does have a grandson called cooper um, mm. then sort of through that fun stuff we get really into the Matt and Abe stuff we haven't had this for a couple of episodes um, since obviously we saw him trying to leave after the whole big reveal about um, Adrian not being well being an adopted son we've got Matt and Ava laying in bed you know this sort of little scene where you know she just never smiles anymore um, poor Matt you know trying to make her happy and she says that line I'm never happy um, and then basically this all leads to um, Matt suggesting, let's go to Paris. We can eat croissants all day and drink wine um, and have them run away. I don't know what the French do. Don't get me started on the French. Uh, but <laughs> we kind of get a bit of an inkling here. You know, Ava's sort of, um, you know, you can tell she's sort of interested, but then we hear this, but I have medical issues. And then Matt's like, well, look, I can get you three months' worth of uh, prescriptions from my dad's office because, you know, clearly at McNamara and Troy, they hold every drug ever. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Um, and I do like the little scene there when, you know, Ava's like, well, look, you know, you've got your whole life ahead of you, you know, you don't want to do this. And then Matt's like, oh, there isn't a life without you. And just a little smile that Ava gives. And, you know, then when Matt says like, oh, there you go, there you smile. It's nice. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've really got much to add on this here, Nick. Um, but yeah, it's a nice little scene setting up this episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's a setup scene, really. Um, so yeah, it's that's basically all that you really need to know for this this little scene in particular. But it's just it's just really setting up what's going to happen. But obviously, the key bit of information there is um, that that kind of sets things in motion on this thing is that you know she kind of says, oh, she she needs medication, and um, you know this kind of set, basically sets up that that Matt's going to more or less steal the the medication from from um, McNamara Troy. And that's going to kind of set everything in motion that happens in this episode. Even at this point, though, and, like, I should have asked you this at the beginning of the episode because I don't want to get to the twist until we get to the twist, but even at this point, you still have no clue. Like, it's like, okay, I've got medical issues. Fair enough. Like, did you have any inkling at all throughout this of what this twist was going to be? Oh, hell no. No, no. There's no way you can see this coming, I don't think. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Like, oh, God, it's just so good. We get this uh, scene then with uh, Sean. He's got another Carver victim. And we initially are thinking, like, again, where's Christian? Why is he doing this alone? Like, what's going on? Uh, we're hearing, you know, oh, it's the fourth one this month. You know, he's he's losing. You know, he's just, he's daring us and all this sort of stuff. And, it, like, initially you're thinking to yourself, like, hang on a minute. The Carver threatened to kill Sean. Why all of a sudden is he just allowing to work and not getting up to him? And you're thinking, this is a bit weird. But then you realise it's a dream because who is there our beloved season one villain of Escobar Galado. Oh, God, I love this man. Robert Lozado yeah, is back. 
He's oh, always good to see him back. Yeah. So good. And just like, this is what I love about Nip Tuck with the way that they can work in these sort of fantasy slash dream sequences. And it's always generally Sean, as we discussed last episode. And just like the return of Escobar. I mean, we only get him returning later on as a non-dream character, I think, once. But like, I just love how they tie Escobar to Sean and kind of he's his inner demon. He's the one who's always talking to him about the bad things he can do. And this is, of course, you know, he's a gun. This is what you should be doing. You should, you know, entice the carver to come with you. You've got to kill the carver. And basically, you know, like, I made you a man. You know, I'm the one who gave you a gun last year. Well, made you have the courage to bring a gun to me. Um, and just, it's, oh, it's so good. And just the, the bit where he's on the table and he's got that really crappy, what, like Latino music. And he's like, what is this shit? I hate this. And of course we get Escobar's theme, Cars by Gary Newman. Oh God, it's so good. Uh, and I do love the line that he says, um, what does he say? Like, oh, you're not scared of him. You know, oh, don't tell me this guy scares you more than me. I'm kind of jealous. Um, and then when, you know, Sean grabs the gun and goes to shoot him and we realize it's a dream. I mean, God, it's good. This is what I'm saying before about how this episode is so filled with stuff that shouldn't work. But, I mean, how the hell do they randomly get us to get Escobar back into this episode? It works beautifully. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, you know, it's it's just really nice. And I think one of the things I actually really like about Nip Tuck that I kind of hadn't realised until I went through the second season was that I like it when there's a bit of a crime element behind it. And, you know, we get that in season one. Um, we kind of get it in season three with the Carver stuff, and we get it in, again in season four. Um, and I think probably that's the one the one element that's maybe been missing in season two, if I'm going to pick any little holes in it, is that I think the show works really well when there's that kind of crime element behind it. And, um, it, you know, it's kind of nice to get that back at the end of this this um, this season. And, yeah, I mean, you're never going to say no to a, an Escobar cameo, that's for sure. Would you, would you argue a crime of this season is Ava kind of being a bit of a pedo? Uh, I mean, it's it's a bit of a stretch. Uh, but, you know, I think I agree with you there because I, mean, I think moving forward, three obviously has a crime element, four does, five uh, does towards the end, um, six doesn't, does it? No, six doesn't. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I, I agree with you. That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Just, so, I mean, it's just... It's just something that I'd kind of thought about, really, and you know, I, I guess probably it's something that I, you know, I, I like a good crime show, but I'm not, you know, talking earlier about kind of Law and Order or whatever it was. Is that um, I'm not, really, yeah, I'm not really into procedural crime shows, but um, I like it when they kind of inject themselves into another show that I like, and and I think that that's something I like about Nip Tuck is that they kind of get this crime side of things across in a way that I really enjoy, and I guess some of the episodes in this season, and probably getting ahead of ourselves and start talking about the season as a whole instead of this episode is. I like the episodes where we've got some crime elements. So these last two are a lot of fun. You know, the one where you've got Boblet where he's cutting people up and, you know, like that's fun to me. Um, so I think that's probably an element of uh, what makes Nip Tuck good to me, I think, is when we've got that stuff happening. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, now we're kind of, we're getting to this point here. The the big, oh, here we go. So Matt's basically, uh, we cut to Matt. He's at McMara Troy. He's stealing a bunch of pills. He's reading off a list. Christian walks uh, past, catches him. Matt's trying to pass it off as, oh, no, I need some anti-anxiety pills. Um, and then, obviously, Christian, you know, the dramatic scene, shoves him up against the, the locker and basically, um, you know, reads his list. Uh, he threatens to take him to the cops. And then, basically, after reading the list, says, oh, these aren't for me. They're for Ava. We're stocking up. We're going away forever. So, it's like, dun-dun, here we go. He's caught Matt. But then we get to... 
dear old Christian approaching Ava about this. We get great Ava scene straight away, sort of, you know, take me to the police, you know, whatever. I love the bit where she says, like, oh, vodka on the rocks, if I'm not mistaken, you were here last time barking similar orders at me. Um, and then we get straight away, he smashes the glass out of Ava's hand. You can tell Ava's like, oh, how barbaric. You can tell Ava likes a good, hard, passionate, rough tumble in the jungle. Um, and... <laughs> I, we get this uh, subtle little line of, like, when Ava says, like, oh, you know, if I was a man, you would hit me. And what does she he say? Like, oh, if you're a man, you'd be on the floor right now. Um, and then kind of Ava's just getting a little bit, you know, um, sultry and basically implying, like, come on, you can have me. And he's basically, as you said at the beginning, if I stick my dick in you, it would sizzle off. And then he kind of threatens to kill her. Um, and then basically just, just the tension. Again, going back to what we said the last time these two really were in a scene, such great chemistry between these two that you kind of, you know, ultimately want to see them get together, but you never kind of thought about it. And then she starts slapping him. We get the dramatic music. We see Christian sort of like getting his fist clenched. You know, he really wants to punch her, but obviously can't. And then what does she say? Like, oh, it's, you're all bark and no bite. And then it was just like, bite me. How hard? Then all of a sudden, they start making out, of course. And then, let's be honest, Christian, little bit rapey because she does say no. So, eh, bit of a fine line there, I would say. Um, he obviously enters her and straight away it's like, uh-oh, something's different here. Because you just see the look on Christian's face, the look on Ava's face. And then he gets up, leaves, doesn't say a word. Am I too much of a woman for you as he runs out? We've got the uh, this random little scene of Sean basically saying, oh, yeah, don't protect me anymore to the detectives and the cops. He's obviously trying to entice the carver to uh, come to the house. Christian walks in and, like, this isn't really a good time. And Christian's like, well, look, you need to hear this. Bye-bye, the cops. Then we get this line which just throws you, just completely throws you. Ava's a man. And you're like, what the fuck? This is the twist, people. This is what nobody saw coming at all. If you did, you're a genius. I don't think anyone saw this coming, and I think this is why it's done so well. Ava, the entire season, and, well, since she was, what, since 20, is a before this was a man. She's a transsexual. Ava Moore is a man. Nick, what a, what a bunch of scenes. Yeah, it's hard to know where to start here, but I think probably um, the, the place I want to start is probably that this is where you know if you enjoy if you enjoy the kind of Ava is you know a little bit um, kind of cocky and arrogant and you know likes to use big words to intimidate people and things like that. This is kind of where you get that moment, I guess. Um, is that you know she, she this is the last of it. You know, this is really the last time we're going to see her acting like this because basically once uh, you know once Christians kind of found out her secret and then she becomes a different person. Um, and so, you know, enjoy it while it lasts because now it's over. So she's kind of at the height of her hubris, really. And I think she kind of thinks that she's she's not going to be found out. And, you yeah, I agree with the kind of, you know, Christian's a little bit rapey thing. I, um, but having said that, you do get that, that quite telling look on her face, like when when he's in, you know, when he, when, he, when he goes in. And, you know, she kind of has that look of enjoyment on her face. And then it's kind of like, Uh-oh. you know, it, it, yeah, well, it's kind of like she then gauges to see if he's figured out. Um, and you know, obviously the look on her face, she knows that. And then you kind of get that great line where she kind of says, "Am I too much woman for you?" And um, just kind of like her, even her kind of body stance and you know all the body language and stuff that's coming off her um, as he kind of walks away is is really telling. Um, and and it's really good. 
I, mean, I just want a couple the couple of things I just want to like, I, I know I say this a lot but kind of bookmark on this is that um, so Christian with his magic penis can can tell just by going into her once that uh, that she was once a man so uh, just remember that that you know he yes. is so sensitive he is so sensitive to um, you know uh, things going in and out that he could tell in, in one strike yep. um, because that that's going to become important uh, for a completely different reason later on. Very um, lot later on. I think that's season six, is it not? That's like a oh, long no, no, time no, away, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of something completely different. Um, okay. And, um, and it's coming up sooner than you think. But right. I think the other thing is that um, we also have, I think this is, the, the scene pays off so well, and you're right, the kind of Ava as a man walk in, and, you know, in, in real time, that's where we cut to commercial break, you know, so that's kind of like everybody's like, what the hell, go to commercials. Um, so that's a great moment, and I think that that w- it worked so well that um, they try it again in the, in the season three finale, and I think they overreach. But we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I think that this is a trick that it worked once, and I think they they go for it again later on um, to a slightly different result. So yep, just something to to keep in mind there, really. Okay, yeah, interesting. I, I, I don't know if I'm quite getting. I sort of do, but I mean, there's definitely another one, season six, I believe it is, where. Something similar happens with Christian, and his magic dick just mustn't been working that day. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, look, in terms of TV twists, in terms of, you know, Luke, I'm your father moments, it's just, you just do not see it coming. And the thing is, it's, to me, it's not done in a cheap way either. It's not like, oh, come on, you just tack that on for shits and giggles. Like, they explain it so well. And, like... I, I've got to believe that Ryan Murphy had this in, in his head from the very beginning. I can't think this is something that they kind of got halfway through the Ava storyline to think, oh, fuck, maybe he's, she's really a man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I have to believe that this was, from the very beginning, what they intended to do. And that's one thing I'd love to get Ryan Murphy on the show for many reasons, but that would be one question I'd want to ask him. Uh, because if, if that is a payoff. Like, if that's from the very beginning when he wrote the storyline, that's just brilliant. Genius. Because there's, it's not like he even throwing in subtle little clues to make you think, well, hang on a minute, you know what I mean? So, um, oh, just, I can't think of many other twists in TV history. There's one in, in Lost that um, is up there that you just do not see coming. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is just, I can't speak highly enough of it. So, I don't know if you've got anything more to add on that, but, yeah. No, I think you've kind of captured that pretty well, really. And, and even having said that, we've still got more twists in this episode too. It's not like that's the only one. Um, so, yeah, we kind of get the conversation happening um, between Christian and Sean. And Julie is there too, isn't she? Uh, because they're kind of going through uh, searching for Ava Moore. And, yeah, they hand the list of drugs in the way Julie's like, this is Greek to me. Um, and then kind of you obviously get Christian sort of talking about how, like, oh, it's quite brilliant, actually. Like, this is obviously a bit of a masterpiece. Um, and then they're kind of just got, trying to find information about, her, you know, do we tell Matt? And, you know, Julie's right. Like, you know, you can't tell Matt. This will sexually ruin him for life. Um, and we kind of also get random cops uh, installing cameras in the house. Well, did they know the cops were there the whole time? Um, but I love how they, like, Google her on whatever that search engine is. It's the slowest internet in the world because they type Ava Moore in about 10 minutes later it finally comes up with no results. I can type in Ava Moore right now to Google and it's instantaneous. So it's clearly 2004 Miami internet, not the best. But then somehow Julia is smart, smart.com because she can just find all the records. You know, she definitely thinks like a woman. Um, so yeah, we obviously get some credit details 
And then we kind of hear this little bit of um, connection there when it comes to uh, Baltimore and Virginia because she's paying some medical fees to a clinic. And essentially, if you wanted to go anywhere 17 years ago for a sex change, there was obviously some big clinic uh, in the Baltimore area. So we then see them in the airport. It's kind of a bit of a trope, really, isn't it, that uh, a finale with them at the airport. Um, and we see Liz. Liz has finally decided to show up. I know she was in Sean's dream before, uh, but we get a bit of a throwback uh, reference to Sophia, which is kind of nice, um, and obviously we're kind of uh, hearing a little bit about how secretive the community is. Well, not secretive, I guess, more so protective the uh, transgender community is, and um, we obviously have them flying off to Baltimore, where we are in this, uh, I guess, support group for uh, transgender people having a conversation. I kind of like how this connects into how this episode ends, when they're obviously talking about, you know, this man's talking about how he's scared to use a urinal in case, you know, somebody else sees his penis and assumes it's not real or natural. And then, obviously, we kind of get the... uh, the the moderator of this group basically saying, oh, it's always airports for me, you know, because of tough security since 9-11, which I like how that connects in later on. And we also get, um, what's her name? that We see her. Is it Cherry? Um, the, the, she becomes involved with Matt later on. Uh, I don't know if you notice her in that support group. At all. Um, no, I, I didn't notice that, but um, good, good pickup. Um, one thing I did notice is that when they're doing the searching on the on the laptop, though, um, or the computer, or whatever the hell it is, is that um, the screen's off half the time, which is interesting. So they're all staring around at a at a blank screen. I didn't notice that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's Ch- Cherry Peck. That's her name. So if you go back and watch that scene, just, like, in that support group where you've got the, the main man talking and, and the woman who's moderating it, you'll see another girl in that circle just just very brief flash, but she actually comes into it as a sort of, not main character, but as a side character that's involved with Matt in the first episode of the next season, and then she comes right in at the end. So just, I like that kind of little tie in there that they, I don't know if, again, that was planned or, you know, they kind of, when they had to bring in another sort of transsexual character, they, they thought like a transgender character, sorry, that, you know, that's what they did. But anyway, just a little notice there if you go back and watch that scene. But I love how Sean and Christian just walk into this support group and they're all like, this is a closed meeting. And then, you know, they don't even have to show any ID or anything. It's just like, we're doctors from Miami. We need to find patient details on Ava Moore. And it's kind of like, for the, the community that, as uh, this lady says, uh, you know, a a transgender's patient uh, documents are as classified as a nuclear weapons program. I mean, Really? Does does the president walk around with a briefcase with all the uh, identities of all the transgender individuals in America? I think that's a bit a bit of a stretch there, but hey, uh, whatever. Um, and then she pretty much straight away is all like, "Oh, you can't talk to me. You need to go talk to someone else." Um, and that obviously is going to lead us in to our next. Uh, guy that we're going to meet, a very well-known actor, of course. But, uh, I mean, I'm jumping all over here in terms of... Uh, I covered a few scenes there. I don't know if you've got anything to really add on kind of those bits. Yeah, well, I think it's just... Uh, I mean, this is kind of the bit that you kind of have to see as these guys kind of going through the, you, you know, the airport and getting to where they're going to have to go. Um, you know, if this story's going to be believable, it can't be that she's just stayed as a, a transgender person, um, you know, in, in the actual city that it happened. You know, so you kind of have to you have to show them going somewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I just love how these guys can just kind of turn up, um, you know, just unannounced. Um, you know, I, I, I do love, I do love the little, the little scene we've got right in the middle here, which is kind of Adrian, 
and you know it's like you know he's looking at all these knives and it's like what is the best thing to gut something it's just like just the way he's there today like yeah i mean it's um it's a shame we're not going to see more of adrian because i think he's uh he, he's a pretty good actor um I, and i just i love the tone of his voice that's one thing i'm definitely uh gonna miss not having around in this yeah you're right i, I forgot that scene was sort of in there but um yeah it's um one thing I'd say, like, I think you kind of alluded to a little bit with season three finale, how they kind of went for a similar sort of thing. But I, I particularly season two finale, season three finale, the way we kind of get this backstory in terms of, like, we've got this big reveal, Ava's a man. So we've got to have this sort of investigative story. Christian and Sean have to find out how this happened. And we get this great little storyline, which we're about to get to now. And similar thing in season three, which I'm not really a spoiler, but season three is the reveal of who the Carver is. You know, and obviously getting that story background as to who the Carver is and how they became the Carver. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's it's great how they've got those very similar elements to it. Because it, they're, they're thoroughly well done that, you know, you, you are the audience. You're like... You're thinking, well, how the fuck is Ava a man? So you want to know. Um, and similar to, how the hell did they become the Carver? I want to know. So um, very well done. And obviously we see Christian and Sean go to a very fancy house. And why wouldn't it be a very fancy house when Alec Baldwin lives there? <laughs> Dr. Barrett Moore. Hello, Alec Baldwin. Can I just say, great casting. Who doesn't love Alec Baldwin? Tell me you like Alec Baldwin. Oh yeah, I mean he's amazing, uh, and it's great to see him in um, something of a um, a you know a serious role um, yeah. because you know you used to see him in comedies, and I think he's you know he's really good in this part. I think he's another one that you could see, you know for a one episode guest appearance. It's one of the best ones in the season as well, and it just it feels so natural. Eh? That's the thing; he just kind of walks in, and you don't even question it for a minute that he's you know a really good. Uh, you know, a, a good addition to this finale episode. And I mean, that's the real good thing about this is that you, you get this kind of new character for one episode and, you know, it could go wrong in the hands of the wrong person, but it actually works out really well. And I think probably post Nip Tuck, really, I mean, he, I mean, I think leading up to this, he was known a lot for dramatic roles uh, for the most part. But I mean, really, I think, as you were saying, for the most part, I think it's really 30 Rock kind of turned him a lot more comedic. I mean, it's not like he hadn't done comedy sort of roles before, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think Alec Baldwin is just an everyman. He can do dramatic, he can do comedy. He's just, he's amazing. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting to think that, like, obviously this episode's called Joan Rivers, and we've already seen, you know, A-list of Joan Rivers in it, and you often forget that of all the guest stars that Nip Tuck has, that Alec Baldwin's in an episode, you know, and we've got some very big-name guest stars that appear in Nip Tuck, so... Yeah, he owns this character, Dr. Barrett Moore. So basically, we hear this story about uh, how he was formerly a surgeon and now he's a, uh, what, a botanist. Uh, and he basically says, well, you know, my work as a surgeon was complete, so here I am, you know, creepily mating flowers. Um, and basically, he uh, talks about Avery Tanner, uh, who was a former male escort to wealthy women but who became quite obsessed with Barrett uh, and obviously they I guess it's implied they fell in love because even sort of uh, you know Alec Baldwin Barrett sort of saying like look I just couldn't be with him in that way because it just it wasn't me um, so basically we learn that Avery Tanner said oh if I change into a woman could you love me then and to which Barrett's like well yeah I probably could um, so he, we learned that he turned, turned uh, Avery into Ava and then they were together and they uh, had a child uh, through a nurse friend of theirs, but he still could not be 
with her the way that he she wanted him to be because he just couldn't sexually put that in the past. Which I guess, I mean, I'm not here to judge past judgment or anything, but I mean that would be a very big psychological hurdle to overcome. Um, so yeah, very sad story, I guess. And then he came home one day and she had left with Adrian and he hadn't seen her since. Uh, and then obviously asked a little bit about how is she and, uh, they sort of update, uh, him on what she's been up to. I like the line that he says, like, oh, the ultimate creature of transformation, transforming others. Um, and then we kind of get, which I think this is so well Included, It's kind of a real throwaway line, but I think it's important to kind of connect why Christian was able to discover the shallow vagina and why he was re- she was really a man. It was the fact that then uh, Barrett says, oh, sleeping with juvenile men makes sense because they're inexperienced and they wouldn't be able to tell. And also added to the fact that obviously her surgery wasn't complete because there was one more surgery that needs to be done to her... Uh, vaginal canal to make her complete so that's the backstory of ava and i just think it's again it's it makes sense it's like okay yep and i don't know i just think it's it's great how they kind of describe this huge twist that we're all just kind of trying to work out in our heads how it was possible yeah and i think it's um you know this is obviously um quite a, a a subject that that ryan murphy's very interested in because obviously we had the whole sophia lopez thing in, in the last season and so he's obviously this is something he's come back to, and, and you know we talked about it in the last season that Ryan Murphy's really ahead of his time because this is something that that just wasn't really discussed at this time, and you know it's only really become something that people are, are openly talking about now. Um, so it, it really is amazing that this is this is happening, and you know Ryan Murphy's really at the kind of cutting edge of the stuff. I think it's all done really really well. Um, the story, I mean, I, it's one of those things is that I don't know how believable that story is. I think if, if you're a transgender person, you're probably going to be able to to kind of call bullshit on that story if it's believable or not. I mean, from somebody who knows nothing about it, you know, I, 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 I take that story and, and I accept it. Um, but I'm probably not the best person to comment on whether or not it's actually a believe, you know, like in, in real life, if that's something that you could actually see happening. I think probably what's really interesting about this is the line, um, you know, basically where, where Sean kind of says, oh, she's, she's sleeping with my son and yours. You know, it's <laughs> this, this really kind of, um, that should be kind of like a, a, a crushing kind of thing. Um, for him. And I guess that's probably, you know, one of the, you'd hope anyway, that this is one of those things that's making, um, you know, Alec Baldwin's character kind of come back in and, and kind of do this kind of final fix-up job. Well, that's the only explanation I have for it because when, what does Sean and that say like, oh, can you please, you know, help save my son? I'm thinking, well, why does he have to? Like, why should he? <laughs> like, he just met these doctors. He, he, Ava left him, so he should be upset. And it's like, well, no, I don't want to help you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I think that you, but you're right though. The, that line that um, he said that they say about you're sleeping, he's sleeping with your son. I think that kind of obviously uh, really sells it overall there uh, because obviously he gives away just medical files just like that again. Um, and I just want to point out that uh, Adrian has the best parents. Like his mum is uh, Famke Jansen and dad is Alec Baldwin. I mean, come on, people. Like, just think about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is some awesome parents. Um, but then we uh, back to uh, back to Miami. Sean goes over to Julie's house, and Julie's all doing her hair before she opens the door. And uh, obviously, we we learn a little bit about this plan about how Sean and Matt, uh, Sean and Christian will deal with Matt, and um, Julia will see Ava. Uh, but we also get some nice little lines here about um, 
you know, obviously Sean gives her the uh, the, the mace and, uh, you know, she's saying, like, look, you don't need to protect me. Your courage is already well documented. And it's kind of going back to what you were saying last episode about how just another nice little establishing scene about how these two, you know, should be back together again, I guess. Um, yeah, and I, just to jump in there, I think that, um, you know, last episode I kind of um, gave Jolly Richardson a bit of a hard time for the acting and how believable it was. And I think in this episode I actually it, – it, it's – awkward but it's played well like it's meant to be awkward and i think it, it kind of transitions away from you know like as you say she's kind of playing with her hair at the start and kind of the can i come in kind of awkwardness as um as she opens the door um i think that's meant to be awkward and it's played really well as awkward but i think this is a really good one where when it transitions into them being serious um almost to the point you know where sean kind of steps towards her and um and she kind of draws away and you can kind of see that her trying to make that difficult decision in her head about how close she wants to let herself get to sean again um yeah and so i think it's actually played really really well this um and you know i do like this whole thing of like this is the plan but you don't hear what the plan is it's you know it's yeah. cool I, I do like how it's done I like how it bounces off each other. And, yeah, we kind of get to see that plan, obviously. Julia with um, Ava confronting her with the, the truth. And what, is, what does Ava say? Like, oh, just all angry villagers with their torches. Um, and, yeah, I, I do just like the back and forth between Julia and Ava here. And uh, kind of, you know, leads into her saying, look, you've just got to leave Matt. You know, you've just got to leave him. And what does she say? Like, look, I've got nobody, nowhere to go, nobody else. And uh, I do like sort of Julia's speech there. Like, you're a survivor, you know, you... You know, you're always able to get yourself up. And just the lines where she says about how, you know, you might be a terrible person, but you're a great life coach. You know, without you, I wouldn't have the courage here to stand up to you. And just, you know, even Ava saying like, oh, look at this, you know, the the student becoming the teacher. Um, and then she obviously, her one condition is that uh, I will leave as long as you do one more thing. And that is, uh, you know, your doctors have got to complete me as a, you know, make me a complete woman. And obviously this is intertwining with Matt at lunch with, um, with Sean and Christian and his mullet. And uh, basically we've got Sean and Christian saying how they're going to support him, you know, have some money. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, um, you can come back. You've got a home here to, to come to, which I think it's beautifully played. <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of, they know obviously what's going to happen here. But, uh, you know, it's it's a nice way of supporting Matt um, there. So, I mean, just intertwining scenes. Um, I mean, I guess I can include the, the brief little surgery scene here too, um, which obviously we've got Ava laying uh, on the bed, uh, the, the the gurney, I guess, whatever you call it. Um, and I like that line when uh, what Ava says, like, oh, you're probably, you know, laughing here at me being upset and just the way Christian's like, you're one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. Um, and then, yeah, we see Alec Baldwin comes in, um, Ava, hello, Ava, you're more beautiful than ever. How's Adrian? I'd like to see him. I don't know where he is. Oh, it's just, it's just sweet. Um, and yeah, we get wild horses playing in the background as well. Just, I mean, the music in this episode, I, I can't speak highly enough of the last song played in this, which I'll get to, but, um, yeah, I've sort of lumped all that in together because I think kind of, uh, we'll cut that just before we get to the Matt and Ava scene coming up here, but, uh. Yeah, all, all great done the way they intertwine the, the sort of the two bits there and closing it out here with the surgery scene. Yeah, and I think probably the the one, I think you've touched on those really well and potentially the one that I can pick up and, and talk a little bit more about is this, the scene with the two doctors and Matt because I think that's played really well. You kind of don't expect them to just be kind of, you know, kind of go to them and say, yeah, we're going to support you, you do whatever you want and if it works out, then that's great and if it doesn't, then we'll be here for you and you don't, you didn't expect that, you kind of expect them to kind of go in hard and say that he's got to break up with her and blah, blah, blah and they don't do that and obviously their reasoning is that they know that, that Julia's kind of doing the 
the work on Ava that she needs to do to end that, and so they need to make sure that that they're a soft landing place for Matt when this all you know goes belly up from his perspective. So you know they're they're really just covering everything really well, and I think they do a good job of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we get it's kind of interesting how this is all going to conclude because we kind of get dramatic, funny, dramatic, dramatic. Um, so just this Ava Matt sequence here. And I don't think we've really talked highly enough of John Hensley and Famke Jansen's chemistry as well, because they've got great chemistry. And also, of course, um, you know, even they're fighting again, similar to what we talk about Gina and Christian. I just think Ava and Matt's fighting is great. And we get Matt showing up. He's bought the tickets and, uh, Ava obviously has changed her mind. We know why Matt doesn't. It's heartbreaking scene. Poor Matt just getting his heart ripped out. And this is hashtag poor Matt. This is, there's no way here that you can say this isn't, you know, poor Matt. And, Ava just basically, you know, turning around, I'm not going to Paris with you, it's so cliche, I need a genuine companion, and you're a, you're a kid, you're a mess, look at all this, your clothes everywhere, hold oh, another watermark left on the table, uh, and just that, like, the one line he says, Jesus, Ava, I don't know, are you on your period? Um, and what is he like, oh, I got travel backgammon and crossword, I hate backgammon. Um, I've never played backgammon, but anyway, it's just, I mean, it's a dramatic tense, you just feel so bad for Matt here. Um, you know, he walks out, tail between his legs, and just, yeah, such a tense, sad scene, but beautifully acted, and hashtag poor Matt. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is really hard. I mean, I think that this is a little bit of, the, you know, this is the beginning of the end for Matt, really. I mean, yeah. there's, there's obviously you know more that's going to come in season three, but yeah, this is really kind of the end of innocence with Matt, really, isn't it? I mean, he's never, never really the same after this. I think Ava... I think Ava uh, really is the be all end all of Matt. And without spoiling anything, his storyline does come full circle with Ava, you know? So I think that that's important. And yeah. it's it's very important because really how this will conclude with Matt is Ava again without spoiling it. So, you know, it's, it's important to note that because, yeah, you're right. From here on in, there's really few good things to happen to Matt. <laughs> I yeah. mean, even when good stuff happens to him, it doesn't last long. Um, so... Yeah, really hashtag poor Matt from now on. And this is kind of, we've, we've talked it up a lot. Um, that this is really his story arc, but, um, just stay tuned for poor Matt because it really is poor Matt. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a hard scene to watch. So just because, you know, it's, you, you can connect yourself into this sequence so much and just, uh, yeah. Anyway, so we get back to our last real light moment of the episode. Cause we need to get a bit of Joan Rivers' conclusion. And we get our very fancy computer back from a season ago, <laughs> which I think this might be the last appearance of this very advanced oh, software yeah. they had in yeah. 2004, which plays weird music. Did you notice that? Where they like press a button, it goes like... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so cheesy, eh? It's, uh, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it actually works in this scene. Um, you know, I remember when we did it with the Escobar thing, I, I didn't really buy it, but I think with, with the whole um, Joan Rivers thing, it does kind of work. Oh, for sure, because I think the the key thing with this is is that at the beginning of the episode, when we hear them, when we hear her say like, "I want to be without plastic surgery," I think everybody at this point is like, "Going, yeah, what would Joan Rivers look like without?" It's kind of like you know, what would Michael Jackson look like without plastic surgery? You know, she's like one that you definitely want to know. So I kind of think it's more of a nice little fun little thing to see what she would look like. And I think it's a very over exaggerated. I mean, it might be. I'm not a doctor. Again, that might literally be what she would have looked like. But I, to me, it's more over exaggerated, and I just love her reaction. 
It's like, who is that? You know, and she basically just changes her mind completely. And then she's just basically like, oh, I'm in town. Put me down tomorrow for another lift. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's done really well. And kind of like her exasperation about, you know, kind of just get to it, get to it type of thing is, is really good. And uh, it's all really well done, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's so good. And and for Joan Rivers fans, not the last time we're going to see Joan Rivers in Nip Tuck. So uh, she'll be back. She'll definitely be back. So, uh, yeah, we love Joan Rivers. And it kind of leads in here, obviously, as um, she leaves. Uh, Christian and Sean kind of just this little thing. We, we, we should really, we've kind of jilled over the whole Sean's got a gun, Sean's waiting for the carver to come over <laughs> storyline. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing with this episode. Again, you've got so much happening, you kind of forget about this whole carver scenario. But we, we do know at this point that Sean has essentially asked the cops to, for one night, don't look over my house. I will lure the carver to my house and then you can come and get the carver. It's kind of intelligent. And for some reason, the Miami police go along with it. Clearly, they're there to serve and protect. Um, I mean, come on. But uh, this is obviously the part where he asks uh, Christian to come over to break bread. Uh, he kind of says, oh, I don't think Julia wanted me around anymore. But uh, he's kind of like, yeah, no, look, it's fine. You can come over and uh, break bread. We're going to get to that because between that and then... We need to have Adrian versus Ava. A bit of a conclusion here to kind of what's going on with this. And this is another one of these, like, brutally well-done twists. We know that Adrian has a knife. So I guess at this point, we're all thinking Adrian's going to kill Ava. Because I guess we've had our conclusion with Ava. We don't really need to see much of her anymore, do we? She's gotten rid of Matt. She's gotten rid of uh, Sean and Christian and Julia. She's just going to bugger off to Paris. And away we go. No more Ava. But, um... We get sort of this whole sequence here where Adrian's all creepily like, oh, you know, blob. I don't know what he says at one point. It's a very bad Adrian impersonation. Uh, but Ava's like, you come with me. You know, I've got two tickets in Paris. Uh, you know, just the two of us like you've always wanted. We get the kiss and you get that weird little twang in the music when they kiss. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. Um, and then, you know, he's like, I don't believe you. And, you know, just this emotional scene. All of a sudden you kind of hear like a, sa- a stabbing sound. And just the way this is done is like, you're thinking, holy fuck, he's just stabbed her. We hear breathing, it's slow motion. And then we see, I love you, I just needed to make sure that you love me. Again, we see blood on the hand of Ava, assuming that she's been stabbed. But oh no, he's stabbed himself. Uh, He's killed himself right in front of his mum, drops to the ground. And she's, of course, all devastated, uh, blood everywhere. Um, I mean... I guess I'll separate this bit because I want to kind of keep this last bit separate as well. But, I mean, look, it's I, I love the twist again, the reveal. At, at no point did I think he was going to stab himself. And let's be honest, it's a weird way of killing himself, stabbing himself, what, in the spleen? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, were you expecting him to stab himself? Um, no, and I, I mean, I think they play it really well of the kind of the slow-mo where, you know, she kind of hugs him and there's this kind of, you know, this dramatic moment and she kind of holds her hand up and there's blood and and the whole thing's played like he stabbed her and it's yeah. not until the kind of last moment where it, you know, kind of cuts down and he stabbed himself. And yeah, you're right. It seems like a bit of an odd, an odd thing to do really, doesn't it? Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to take yourself out, you're probably not going to do that. Um, and he seems to go down really quickly for somebody that's kind of stabbed <laughs> himself in the stomach. Uh, and there's not a lot of blood, you know, like if, if you were going to go down that quickly, I think there'd probably be a lot of blood because you kind of hit an artery or something like that. Um, so, yeah, maybe I've watched too many shows that, that are full <laughs> of blood that, yeah, that just didn't quite, didn't quite uh, resonate with me. But I think I think the, the kind of twist ending at the end is really good, actually. I think it, it does work really well for me. 
Nick, just be honest. You, all the people you've stabbed, uh, they generally don't down, go down that quickly when you stab them in the stomach. So that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually a real life Dexter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, we just get this sequence here now. This, this song. All I know, Simon and Garfunkel. Just ah, uh, Art Garfunkel. It's not Simon and Garfunkel. It's just Art Garfunkel. But I just want to point out, this is another one of those songs which I've pointed out a few times. It just stays with you, and that you automatically associate with Nip Tuck. And this song, like, oh, God, I can't I can't talk about how much this song has played a part in my life, just in terms of I've listened to it in certain points. I just love the lyrics. This song is amazing. And it's one of these ones that they use beautifully in Nip Tuck because this is, without really being a spoiler, this will be the last ever song you will ever hear in Nip Tuck in the final scene of Nip Tuck. Just pay close attention to this song because uh, I love a TV show that can kind of bookend itself with, uh, you know, from the beginning to the end. I know this isn't the beginning, this is season two, but, uh, you know, Third Watch that we're covering here, my favourite show of all time. One thing that, you know, and they're quite poor with continuity on Third Watch, but the song that they use in the very final scene of the very first episode is the same song they use in the very final scene of the very final episode. I just like how they bookend it. So, again, this song, all I know, it's an amazing song. Um, and we kind of get your favourite style of scene where they're all breaking bread around a table. We get a little spin around like we did at the end of last season. We see Annie! Uh, <laughs> just starring role in this already amazing episode. Um, Matt, it, wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a perfect episode if you didn't at least see her, right? Exactly, exactly. If, if Annie wasn't in this, not a perfect episode of television. But, yeah. Uh, uh, we, yeah, Matt's obviously looking not as upset as we thought we would because we all heard, um, Sean say to Christian before that he's not handling it too well. Uh, but then as they all leave, um, and we just get this nice little scene like Sean and Christian saying goodbye and they give each other a hug. Aww. And what does he say? Like, you know, I love you, you, you know, always. Aww. Um, no, that's Julia, isn't it? Oh, well. But we can pretend that was to Sean and Christian. Um, but just listen to the lyrics of this song when they keep saying the, the line, endings all come too fast. Like, it's just, just, it just fits in so well with this. Uh, we kind of cut back to Ava with dead Adrian. Um, cause why wouldn't you lay with your dead son on the floor like that for a while? Um, as Christian leaves after the man hug, you know, make sure you lock this door. He kind of just gives a bit of a nod and a smile. Um, and then, nope, he unlocks it straight away. We get a shot of him in the mirror looking at his scar, which kind of comes and goes. I don't know if you notice his scar in this episode. It seems to be more prominent in one scene to the next. Um, Escobar's in the mirror looking at him. He's got the gun ready to go. So we know that Sean is getting ready to uh, welcome the carver into his house. Meanwhile, we get this sort of conclusion scene with Ava walking through the airport. Obviously, she's off to Paris. She's by herself. But kind of throwback to what I was saying before about the the meeting, how uh, the the moderator of the meeting said, you know, oh, airports are always the hardest. And we kind of get this scene of her going through very lax security in a US airport. Please, I've been in through those airports. That's not how it works. I wish. Um, And we get this, you know, very uh, weird-looking security guard. I mean, he just looks like he should be in a soap opera or something. He just looks way too attractive to be a security guard can i just point that out um <laughs> i don't know how that sounds but he just looks i don't know it just looks weird he doesn't look like a security guard but he's just he like man be he better be careful or the carver's gonna rape him that's all yeah well pretty much pretty much um ma'am you know can i see your passport we're thinking oh no you know thinking back to what it says about poor you know people at this point um be you know looked over too much and she makes it through security we get a nice little moment oh bye bye ava at least for now anyway 
Um, but now we cut to the conclusion of uh, this episode and this season. We obviously have Sean laying in bed. He's got his gun at his chest. He's ready to go. We see the carver with the needle walking through the house. And Sean's ready. He kind of looks like, because we see the carver kind of entering a room. We're thinking, here we go. Sean, will or not, he shoot the carver. How's it going to end? We see the carver with the needle ready to go. And just as we think this is a scene where Sean is about to shoot the carver, the carver is in Christian's bedroom. Christian wakes up. He gets stabbed by the needle. And then we get just this amazing ending where the carver kind of just is hovering over him. Christian is completely paralyzed. You see a tear dropping down his uh, out of his eye. Then we get this epically big slicing sound, fade to black. Dylan Walsh, Julian McMahon. Uh, just the way this ends. Oh, my God. Again, third big twist in this episode that I was not expecting. I don't think anyone's expecting this at the moment. So well done. And what a way to end the season. Just oh, can't speak highly enough about it. Yeah, no, I think I think it's really good, and I think even just the the way that, that certain shots are set up, like you know, you kind of get the the partial, you know, like the, the carver kind of walking. You don't see his, his face or the mask at all. You just see the kind of the profile of him walking and you know, and turning the um the the syringe to around from being you know like how you traditionally hold a syringe to basically turning it into a you know like a weapon. Um, and, and that's really cool. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's all done really well. Um. And, and yeah, I think just like that, that kind of that last image of, you know, the carver kind of holding up that knife and bringing it down and, you know, it's all really cool. Um, and, and I think it's done really, really well. And, um, it just makes you want to just dive straight into season, uh, to, yeah, to season three. And, and that's what you want. You know, that kind of perfect cliffhanger is that you want to be able to just jump in and see where this goes. So I think they've done a really, really good job of, of kind of finishing this one off. And let's like be honest too. The cliffhanger, in itself, this aired October 5th, 2004. You basically had 12 months you had to wait until the next season because from this point on, Nip Tuck became a uh, prime time show sort of during the US TV season. Previously, this has been a summer show. So, I mean, just think about that for a fact. You basically had to wait 12 months for the conclusion of this. And I actually remember it. I funnily enough remember waiting that long for it. Um, it was it was a crazy long wait. And one thing I think that really works well with kind of how these cliffhangers is just the way it cuts to black and then you just get the the names of like, you know, Dylan Walsh or uh, Julian McMahon, just the way they play those weird credits at the end. I just think it fits in very well with the song with All I Know and then obviously before we get to the, you know, your generic credits that you have. So... Just such a perfect episode of Nip Tuck. And I've just looked here actually on the um, the episode ratings on IMDb. I know we've kind of gone over these before, but um, this is the highest rated episode on IMDb. This alongside with season one finale of Escobar Galado. These are the only two that have a nine out of ten rating. Um, so these this, according to IMDb users, is the equal greatest episode of Nip Tuck. And I, I would say this is a better episode than Escobar Galado. Um, just such a good episode. So you know where I'm going with this one. I'm not even going to question this by saying I'm going to be buying this one. Uh, so Nick, what are you going to do with this one? Oh yeah, I mean it's totally a buy. It could not be. You know, if I'm if I'm watching this whole season and I'm not giving this one a buy, then there's something seriously wrong here. Um, because it is, it's it's a fantastic episode. It's all done really well. Um, you, you know, to actually just be able to juggle all those different things that's happening there. 
like I talked at the top of the episode, you know, being able to, to juggle kind of um, cliffhangers with the closing out of storylines, to be able to bring in, you know, one episode characters that are really compelling and you want to you want to see more of them. And, you know, it's one of those scenes where, I, and we'll probably go back and look, and, and there is, but it doesn't feel like there's many loose ends that haven't been tied up. It feels like they do a really good job of tidying this all together. Um, and I think that's really good. I mean, it's an interesting thing to talk about, you know, is comparing these two season finales. And I think... Um, yeah, it's a really, really interesting discussion because I think they're both fantastic episodes in different ways. Um, so, I mean, I think you just naturally go to this one, and we took, you know, we've talked about season two being such a great season, and you know, they they stick the landing, I guess, which is always really nice, is that when you finish on a high. Um, but season one had an awesome ending too, so for sure, it's, it's a really hard one to talk about. And you know, I look forward to when we when we wrap up the season in the next episode of of talking about that. Um, you know, did season two live up to the hype? But in terms of how it finishes, um, it's a total buy. And I mean, this would be the you know, it's interesting because I talked about the last episode being close to perfect, and I, I and I really enjoy that episode. Um, you know, this is right there. It, it's kind of neck and neck for me. They're, they're just two really good episodes to finish the season. Um, and, you know, you, you can't walk away from this one being disappointed in any way. And I, I don't want to say this by saying that Nip Tuck gets worse from this point. It doesn't. I think really, as we've said, it, it holds for the most part its quality right up until I would say season six, which again, I can find defenses for season six, but it definitely does drop off. And I would more argue there's a point before season six where it, I guess, quite jumps the shark, which again, we'll get to. But I mean, you really don't have a strong consistency of Nip Tuck, I feel, from this point onwards. Again, it's still a great show. There's still so much greatness to come from it. But even like the season three finale, for example, which I think is a great finale, there's one issue I have with the finale of Nip Tuck, which I didn't at the time of watching it of season three, uh, because at the time you don't know where that's going to lead. But having seen this entire show, how it ends, there's one thing that I will have a criticism of that. Whereas I feel that there's other finales like season four finale to me is very underrated i think season four finale is actually a really good episode season four in general i can't wait till we get to season four because i feel that's overlooked as a great season of nip tuck season five as we mentioned before kind of has two finales because it's kind of in two parters one is just and the other is it's okay and then season six look we'll get to that's the final of the whole show but i I don't think we really have after season one and season two finale perfect finales from this point on season four to me is the only one which i can maybe put up there season three is a great finale but again it's got a big thing over it for me that kind of doesn't sit with me after knowing how it ends but yeah i mean i just think from this point on uh for the perfection of nip tuck we see a little bit more issues creeping into the show from this point on again not taking away from how good this show is but i feel from you and i here moving forward the chances of some binnets you've not binned any episode yet i've been one but i feel the chances of binnets and more rentits and bites are going to come into play a lot more from this point on yeah for sure um i I think that we probably hit peak nip tuck which is kind of hard to say because i think you know being fairly early into this run it's hard to say oh it's all downhill from here and i don't think that's necessarily true i think there's still heaps of good episodes coming up but if you're looking for like champagne level you know nip tuck this is it this is really one of the best episodes so please don't go anywhere because there's still heaps of really heaps heaps stuff to talk about um but if we're looking for kind of stellar episodes of the show this is this is it. This is your kind of your really high watermark, I think. 
this is why it won the Golden Globe that year for, for best yeah, for drama, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So, that's it. That's season two done, at least uh, for this side of things. What we're going to do from here, of course, before we get straight into episode one of season three, of course, we're going to do a recap episode. Basically, we'll sit down for an hour, go through the best bits, the worst bits, and we're also going to come up with our top five uh, moments for the season, which we did, of course, similar to season one. So, that'll be and next man, week. it's going to be hard. There's going to be so yeah. hard. <laughs> is, you know, like I think last time you, you and I were pretty much in agreement that we had three and then it was just about trying to decide which of the other two of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of three or four options we were going to choose. Whereas I think we could do a top 10, maybe even 15 list. Well, and, even in this episode alone, you could argue yeah, there's at and, least three in this episode. Yeah. And even doing like a top 10 or 15, we would have to make some hard decisions. So, you know, doing a top five list and we're going to have it's to make gonna some hard decisions. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really difficult. So um, that should be a really fun episode is to sit down and, and think about where we sit with that stuff. Yeah, we're going to come in with a bunch of options ready to go and uh, see how that debate goes. But uh, stay tuned for that next week. In the meantime, of course, if you missed any of these episodes, want to listen to again or any of our other uh, recaps or episodes that we do here on the Oz Network, uh, easiest way to get these, of course, is via iTunes or Stitcher, depending if you're an Apple or an Android user. Subscribe to us on either of those. And remember, whilst you're there, rate us, give us some feedback. We appreciate hearing from you. If you like to stream shit, because that's what everybody likes to do now, uh, Spotify, of course, is where you can do that as well uh we're on youtube you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and always our website theoznetwork.net everything's all there in one place and you can always email us too if you just want to say hello theoznetwork at hotmail.com it's been fun i'm looking forward to our recap episode of this great season such a great episode here of nip tuck but until we next speak again my name is ben and nick i know you've already got a ditch dug already but it's just not deep enough for me (laughs) and i'm nick and drink up and get out Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.